Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got one of our own special guests. This is Andrew Etcheson. I've probably said his name wrong, but it kind of looks like that. Uh, he's 18 years old. He goes to Central Noble, so he's still in high school, and mm-hmm. he is our acquisitions guy. He's 100% commission. Uh, and he's got like 60 grand in the bank. This kid's only 18 years old. He's got a motorcycle. I don't know how he's not the coolest kid at his school. He keeps telling us that he's not. But uh, Andrew Etchison. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. First question. I kind of want to know. What, what, do, uh, what do other people say about you? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, for me, I get a lot of, I feel like I get a lot of respect for what I'm doing. And then I feel like obviously being in high school, there's a lot of kids uh, that obviously are jealous and get to hate. I mean, it is high school. Um, so I feel like a lot of people respect what I'm doing and are like happy to see that for someone being so young. And especially from a small town in Albion, you know, so I feel like, you know, I definitely get a lot of respect for, you know, being around you guys and like doing what I'm doing. Does anybody, uh, have you actually had anybody say anything like negative to you or do they just usually, you hear it from other people? Um, I'll hear it from other people sometimes. And then, you know, you can obviously tell when somebody, you know, wishes they had something that you have and uh, you can just see their energy and stuff. And I mean, no one's really said anything directly up front to me, but I feel like, you know, I've definitely heard stuff or, cause I don't think nobody's obviously gonna say anything to my face about it. You know, it's just something to talk behind the screen about or talk to other people about. And then I just hear the word. Gotcha. So uh, when we first met Andrew, uh, we may have met him before, but I believe the first time that I met Andrew was during a self-development seminar. It was PSI basic seminar. Andrew ended up being there because of Joel Copas. So shout out to Joel. Yes, uh, sir. He had, mm-hmm. he had the level up, the level up uh, meetups. And Dakota and I got an awesome opportunity. We actually got in touch with our first private money lender because of that. And Joel decided to sponsor some people, even though he couldn't make it to the event. And Andrew was one of those people that he sponsored. So I believe Andrew's his nephew. Andrew shows up, broken foot. Uh, He's like hobbling on crutches. Um, His hair, he looked like one of the Beatles. It It was even worse than it is now, trust me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a fro, like it was, it was, it was a little worse. So <laughs> Andrew comes up to us and one of the goals that he actually set, cause you have a small group where you get to set goals. He was like, I really want to work for LTD property group. And, Is that true? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So in his small group, it was one of his goals wow. was to work for LTD property group. So he approached us and was just. Uh, he was just like, dude, thanks so much for like bringing this. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I don't know who you are yet, but, um, that's awesome. I think I've seen you on social media, like a lot of our posts and stuff, like awesome to meet you in person. And then, uh, he started talking to Dakota and Dakota was like, yeah, man, we'll bring you on. If, uh, if you can make us money, then we'll keep you on, but it's going to be a hundred percent commission. So talk about whether, what it felt like to be in the presence of the stars that, you know, you yeah, for sure. <laughs> to, to be around us where you starstruck and then talk about what it looked like joining the crew and then talk about when you were certain that this is what you wanted to do. For sure. So, yeah, basically I went up to PSI. My uncle brought me there and uh, basically I knew you guys were going to be there. I'd seen all over Facebook. I uh, knew it was going to happen. And uh, I was at my uncle's one night and uh, I remember he was on the phone with you actually and he was like so what's this all about and you're basically just saying you know it's the best thing you'll ever go to it changed your life etc and uh, me my cousin and his ex-girlfriend um, he took us up there we were up there the three days and I was honestly really nervous just because I knew you guys were going to be there I knew a lot of other people were to be there I didn't know what to expect and I remember I got there the first day and obviously I was hobbling on crutches broke my foot working the previous job I had and uh, I remember like seeing you guys and I was like I saw Dakota first and then I saw you guys and I was like, wow, like I'm really in their presence. Like this feels insane. Like I saw you guys in person for the first time, thought it was pretty cool. And uh, I had just put a house under contract with my uncle, like the first one ever up in Etna Green. And I remember putting on Facebook, like trying to dispo it for him. And I remember you came up to me or we started talking a little bit. You asked how they were going, told you about it. Not so good. I think we got it for too high of a price. We can't sell it. Don't know what to do with it. And then, uh, yeah, I just remember going to the event and uh, it was really shocking. It was definitely a crazy experience. Didn't know what to expect, was super nervous. 
And uh, yeah, so then I remember a couple of days going through it. I got to talk to you guys sort of just a little bit, not about work, not about really anything, just like saying hi and stuff. And then uh, I remember one of the uh, groups thing, one of the activities we did, uh, me and Dakota, Dakota, I think you came up to me or I came up to him or whatever, like, yeah, let's be together for it. And uh, that one was just basically about, you know, you had to stand up if you believe the person and it was about some deep stuff. And uh, I remember Dakota stood up for mine and it meant a lot to me. And then uh, I obviously stood up for his and I got to correlate with it a little bit. And uh, I just remember sitting there across from after it was done, I was like, what are my next steps? Like I told him like kind of what I wanted to do. I was like, do I need to get bandit signs? Like I want to start doing it on my own. I feel like right now in the spot with my uncle, we're just kind of like, you know, setting there. We're not necessarily moving forward. I don't know what to do. I'm learning, still trying to do new things. And then uh, I remember you talking to me a little bit, telling me what I should do next. And uh, yeah, like sat with me. And then that was the last day of the seminar. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I got to get it. I told my cousin, I was like, I really want a picture with them. I just remember going up to you guys like, can I get my picture with you guys? And uh, then we got a picture. And then like after that, then I was like, it was amazing. I was like, dang, I got to be around all these people. Got to talk to you guys. Like build that relationship started because I've been following you guys on social media for a couple years, watching your videos, commenting, all that stuff. I looked up to you guys a lot um, and I obviously still do. So that was really, that was Cy. And then, uh, yeah, that was like probably a sharp stepping stone. Then leave Cy, go back to the trailer factory, which that's where I was before. And, you know, I broke my foot. It was terrible. And uh, yeah, like probably two weeks back in there. And then uh, just sat at home one day and uh, I like my phone's ringing and I look at it and it says Dakota Bailey. And I'm like shaking, like sweating. Like I'm like, holy cow, Dakota Bailey's calling me. And uh, I just remember answering it and you laid everything out, told me everything, said you guys wanted to bring me on, uh, basically gave the role or kind of mainly what you guys wanted me to do. And I, I remember getting that call and just, I kept going on and on. I don't remember exactly what I was, but I mean, what did you think before? What were you saying before when I just kept saying certain things? And you're like, man, I don't even know. <laughs> like, well, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta let people know too. Andrew also thought we were millionaires. <laughs> so Andrew, uh, um, this was before we actually like basically did become millionaires. We had, I don't remember how many properties we had, but anyway, he thought we were millionaires. So I thought that was kind of funny. He's like, oh, you guys are millionaires. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> Here's what we got. Um, but then also whenever he was talking, he was just like, uh, I remember you basically just like, like, man, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. I'm hoping to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do really good. And this, I'm like, dude, he went on for like five minutes about how great of a decision, like it's going to be and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, dude, I hope he doesn't do this to sellers. <laughs> just, they're like, yes, I will sell you my house. Okay. Hey, I just want to let you know that you made a really good decision here and uh, we're going to take really good care of you. Um, and I just want to let you know that like, we are probably the best people and go on. For, like, five, yeah. Go on, go on for like five minutes and just be like, Hey, that was a good decision. Yeah, but I remember doing that. And then uh, after I was done, I was like, holy crap. Like I was just super excited and uh, go to my mom. And I was like, mom, you don't understand the opportunity I have. Like Dakota Bailey just called me like the LTD property group, like their business, like they flip houses, they have rentals, they're doing real estate, exactly the thing that I want to do. And um, yeah, she just didn't understand. Honestly, at first, she didn't really know what it was or um, know you guys or anything like that and obviously having a job I'm secure and uh, you know they all everybody thinks that's great and for me it just wasn't great especially knowing that this is the opportunity I had and if I'm gonna chase it to go for it so I uh, told her all about it she's just like man I don't know like well you just leave you your told job. her you told her you're gonna quit oh yeah you're yeah, gonna like, quit your you job can't leave your job and I was like mom like I gotta quit like now like I'm not going in tomorrow I gotta quit now and she's like well um, she like wasn't really fond of that. So she's like, call your uncle and see what he thinks. And I already knew what he was gonna think. So called him, basically laid it out. I'm like, yeah, Dakota just called me. Um, this is the opportunity I have, the job, you know, should I take it? Like, what do I need to do? And he's just basically like, yeah, I mean, it is Tony and Dakota, like they're great guys, they're hustlers, all the above, like all the great things that, you know, we're doing. And uh, they're like, he's like, you're gonna have a lot of long nights. Like there's a lot of stuff you're gonna have to sacrifice if you really wanna show them that, you know, you're made for it, that you're gonna put in the work, you're gonna put in the hours, you're gonna get those skills, you're gonna get trained, all that. And I was like, I know I want it. And uh, he's like, then your mind already has it made up. Like you already know what you want, go for it. 
basically then he had to talk to my mom a little bit and then I remember I went in that next day and told my boss uh, that I was going to quit my job and that I had this opportunity and the funny thing is I was working with your uncle mm-hmm. so that was cool I remember he came in it's like you're leaving man like everybody was coming like so I was the youngest one in there and there's like you're leaving like you're a good worker like blah 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 I'm like yeah I mean I feel like anybody can be a good worker in the factory and you know work hard and go fast and they're like man you're you're only 18 if you get started right now you can be retired in 40 years (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can be retired by the time you're 58 yeah and it was pretty much just like stuff like that and uh once i broke my foot i was just kind of getting depressed being in there i was sitting around for nine nine and a half hours a day building plumbing parts with my hands not getting really anywhere in life at that moment i thought and uh yeah i remember i put my two uh two weeks in or didn't really put it two weeks in, just basically was like, yeah, I'm done after today. And uh, after I left that day, I came up here, and uh, honestly, I was super nervous coming up a little bit, but I was super pumped. Came into the office, Jacinda um, was sitting there, and uh, just was sitting there, Dakota was back on a call, and I was nervous hearing his voice. Just sitting back, I was like, dang, this is pretty serious. I've never been in an environment like this. Like, what is this all about? And uh, Jacinda was just talking to me, I was talking to her for a little bit, and then you came out. And uh, yeah, got the computer, got the paper about what to do, and I just started, and uh, we started going up from there. So yeah, were you? Uh, so one of my questions was, did you have fear whenever you were first starting to reach out to people? Like, were you like, oh snap, I'm just gonna start talking to people, and like, were you scared, or were you yeah. just like, ah, screw it, I'm just gonna do it? Yeah, I was definitely scared. Um, for I guess I didn't really know. I thought like, hey, I got a new job, I'm secure, I'm gonna be here. I didn't realize that I was taking on like uh, sales acquisitions and 100% commission. I kind of knew it, but I didn't know what it was really all about. Um, so, you know, I didn't think anything about it at first. I was like, well, I'm just texting people and if I get a deal, I get a deal or like whatever that was. If I set a point, we get a deal. I mean, that's mainly what I thought the end goal was obviously, which it is. And uh, yeah, I remember just coming back to your office and just like setting, uh, pressing the send button, doing all that. and then. I just remember like, you know, always asking you, what do I say? What do I say? What do I need to say? And then started doing a little bit on my own. But yeah, I was definitely scared talking to people at first just because, you know, being in a factory and then previously I worked at Rule King. Um, so, you know, people, I got a little bit of people skills at Rule King, not much, just from the position I was in. Then the factory, you're just inside. So you don't talk to people, you don't build relationships. You don't actually try to help others out necessarily. You're just working for a month or for a weekly check. Um, so yeah, I was really actually scared talking to people at first just because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, I wasn't expecting confrontation. Like yeah. So was there, was there, uh, anything specific that you did to get over your fear? Like, let's say anybody's trying to start to do this. Like, what'd you do to actually get over that initial fear? Cause like, you know, you knew a little bit about what to say, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, you know, you have the scripts and stuff, but I mean, a lot of people can find that easily. So what'd right. you do to actually get over the fear? Was there anything specific or did you just do it? I feel like after time, like going going through it's rinse lather repeat so I feel like definitely uh doing it a lot more and just accepting like hey this is going to happen I definitely feel like that helped me a lot I want to say there's anything specific um other than you know listening to you telling like just literally listening to everything you told me and how to overcome objections so I feel like you know just learning and going through it a lot more that definitely helped me also doing a lot outside of here and watching YouTube videos, just like searching up those things of how to do that. But I feel like really it's just all mental mm-hmm. um, and you just have to accept it. Like, hey, this is my role, I'm in sales, I gotta do this. I'm gonna be dealing with it daily. Like you just gotta accept it. So I feel like that's a part for every salesperson that yeah. you gotta so, go through. So first of all, I gotta say the intimidating environment that Andrew was talking about was a nail salon that we <laughs> just got we just got done re refinishing it was dakota's idea to start an office in the first place so it would have been hilarious if andrew would have had to like come to dakota's <laughs> house or like come to my house and hang out for a little bit but it is just kind of funny looking at people's perceptions because like anybody that like has influence or is powerful in some ways like just somebody like there's mm-hmm. nothing special about anyone really um also how long did it take for you to get paid for people who out there who may not be willing to like struggle or wait or like understand that like, hey, when you're going commission, sometimes it takes a bit yeah. and you got to kind of trust the process. How long did it take you to get paid? And then when did you experience a proof of concept where you're like, OK, this is repeatable and it's going to work out? 
Yeah, so uh, I think it was a little over a month or two. Or I think it was, yeah, I think it was within a, a month. I think you got a small one. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, a month or two in. But, um, yeah, basically started texting people. And I remember I was sitting in the office, and uh, this lady responded back, and she said she wanted five grand for her house. And I looked at the cuz, like, dude, like, I showed him, I was like, this lady wants five grand for her house. Like, I don't know if she's wrong or not, or, like, if she wants 15. The cuz, like, there's no way. I'm like, I think so. And he's like, are you sure she didn't mean 50? Yeah, I was like, so just I, ask her. <laughs> yeah, so I texted her back, and I was like, are you, sh like, did you mean 50K? And she's like, no, five. And I was like, okay, perfect. And uh, the cuz, like, we looked at the numbers and, like, looked at the prior, like, okay, cool. Let's set the point. So, set my first ever appointment. That was pretty exciting. Um, and I remember we were on our way to a point. We get to this house, and uh, it was pretty crappy. It needed torn down, and uh, we just kind of early figured out the numbers and stuff with them. Finally figured it all out. Got it for a little cheaper. Only made like twenty five hundred bucks after it was all said and done. So we actually were supposed to make like five grand, I think. And after all the fees and all the bull crap we had to deal with, it was like a month process of just trying to figure it out after we got under contract. And then uh, made two hundred fifty bucks for my first commission check. So, dude, I don't even think we made twenty five hundred. I think we made like we gave you a flat. Yeah, on, yeah, we gave you a flat on that one because I think we made less than like we made maybe fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that one was low. We were like, why did we just do all this work for fifteen hundred bucks? But so Andrew made two hundred fifty bucks, and then he was thinking, yeah, this is what I definitely want to stay in. <laughs> no, <laughs> you definitely you didn't. Yeah. So what? At what point were you like, okay, like this deal is proof of concept. Yeah. I did. This is the right thing. So I would say probably a week after that. Um, then I was just kept texting. I was sending, uh, I think five hundred a day or two fifty at first, but. Um, yeah, started getting more leads coming in, and I was still obviously learning what to say and stuff like that. And uh, then, like, that next week after that one that we got in Bluffton, it, like, there were, like, two or three people that were like, yeah, I want to sell, yeah, I want to sell. And I was going through the scripts, doing everything, and uh, Dakota was still helping me. And we were looking at the prices, and people were saying they, like, wanted certain prices for their house, and it was good deals. And we set the appointments, set more appointments, and uh, we went to them. We got them under contract, and uh, probably after Sprott Street, yeah, and Sprout was the one. Probably after Sprout Street, either that one or the next one after that. That was when I made over a thousand bucks finally. Well, and Sprout was no. I think it was two. Two. Yeah. yeah, I made over two grand on that one, and uh, and that was the one of the first ones. Yeah, that was one of the first ones. I was in like my first two weeks. I think I got like four properties under contract and set a, a good amount of appointments, and then I was like, man, like maybe I am meant for this. Maybe it is working. Like. Then after I uh, started getting those and Dakota would just be like, dude, we're going to make some money on these, like just hype it up and stuff. And I like could feed off the energy. I'm like, yeah, like I'm about to finally like make some money, like compared to what I was making before. And uh, probably after those is when I was like, OK, I, th I think something's there. I think, you know, something good is going to happen. Yeah, I think I think you got your first deal within like uh, within a week. Within a week, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, realistically, if you're spending, you know, five hours a day and you're really actually like got some sort of person who's like, you know, halfway knows what they're doing, yeah. I would feel like you should be able to get at least like some appointments. You might not get a deal. Like getting a deal, that's pretty, you know, rare, but yeah. you should be able to get some appointments. Yeah. Um, that's that's with a, a method that's pretty effective too. I guess it'd be like, you know, the equivalent of sending out, you know, 5,000 letters, putting up 200 bandit signs, sending out. Well, not, not five. Oh yeah, ten thousand text messages. So you you gotta have some. Well, decent no, he didn't data. send that many in the beginning. He was okay. only sending out like five hundred yeah. texts. Then I remember one so day twenty five hundred like, texts. Yeah, well then yeah, the data is important too. You got to make sure that mm -hmm. you pulled the right list. You got to make sure that you target the right people. You got to make sure that you have good phone numbers, and then yeah, then you can make some stuff happen. Yeah, I think if you're trying to do this completely on your own, that you need to be more patient with yourself because your data might not be as good. Your scripts may suck. You might just need to take the lowest hanging fruit ever. A deal that nobody could screw up and then maybe you'll end up with a deal I would still figure out how to screw it up or <laughs> or you buy our course and then you go through a lot of the same you bypass a lot of the same struggles that we had because you know this is four years in um, Andrew comes in and we already had a little bit of a system and so basically we showed him our system and then he puts in the work to make that happen yeah. so yeah even and even with Andrew too, I think about this with Dakota, because when Dakota first started car sales, he had a, a good first few months, but then he had a lull where he barely sold any cars. And so I just think of how, 
I gave up pretty early in sales the the first couple times that I tried it. I'm not as natural of a salesperson as Andrew Dakota. I still could have been successful at it. It just would have taken me six months, and I wasn't willing to wait that long to get it figured out. So I think even for, you know, Andrew was willing to wait basically six weeks before he got a real check. Like, he wasn't even getting real checks when he first started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dakota had some struggles early on and thought about quitting sales. Yeah. So that's just uh, for the people listening. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think uh, the hardest part of sales is? What would you say? Uh, I feel like the hardest part is actually having the drive to uh, like find someone's situation, find their problems, find the pain points, and actually like go through all the work you have to to even get to the end goal. And like accepting people are going to say no and finding out ways to overcome those. Um, yeah, the hardest thing is just being persistent, honestly, at first, and like actually like committing to that lifestyle because you know you just don't go to work and work a certain amount of hours from nine to five and are like, well, I'm done, I'm leaving. I, mm-hmm. I did what I did for the day. So I feel like you gotta put, I mean, it's whatever, you gotta put in a lot of work and you gotta put in a lot of time. And uh, I feel like that's something obviously I was very committed to and did. Yep. And uh, I feel like that's the hardest part is like actually having to like put other people aside, put other things aside that aren't nearly as, that aren't nearly as important as you think they are. And then commit to actually what's gonna pay off in the future and like what can actually like build your success like do you want to build your success and like actually like grind and hustle or do you want to like go out with your friends and like you know all those hours that you could have had after leaving the office to hang out with friends to do other things you could have had developing your skills and actually trying to get better get more deals figure out you know what you're good at for sales figure out where your weaknesses are your uh, strong points and then just like you know pursue both and work on them so that's what I would say yeah I think it's interesting because in sales you uh, you have to have a uh, basically like an equal amount of confidence. Like you have to be very confident in yourself and your abilities, almost like to where you're like you know you're like man, like I can do this. I'm like good enough. I'm strong enough. So it's almost like you have a little bit of an ego, but at the same time you have to be willing to learn. Yeah. So if you're not willing to learn, then like it's not going to help you either. Mm-hmm. So you have to balance that. You have to balance that super confidence with the balance the ability to learn too. Yeah. Um, so one one other thing that I want to say about uh, sales that I found that has uh, helped a lot. If you guys are interested in getting into sales is uh, um, being excited when somebody tells you no. Like I used to get so excited because I could finally take them out of the CRM or off the list. I'm like, okay, good. I don't have to follow up with you anymore because you gotta keep following up with them until they say no or they say yes. I get excited either way. So it's a win-win for me. And that's basically something that I've I've, uh, tried to show Andrew too. It's like, they said no, great. Like, see if there's any other way to get them to say yes. Like, if there's any other, basically, you give them options. See if there's any other options you can give them. If not, cool. Let's get them off the list, and that's exciting yeah, to get them off the list. That makes it easy. Yeah. You, yeah, that's just one step away from getting a deal. Yep. You know, so. Or yeah, or get them off. That way, yeah, you can focus on other focus people on who what want to. Matters to make us the money to get us the properties and to generate grow the business. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot easier when those people too are like somebody you didn't invest an incredible amount of time in because there's some I was going back through my phone and I was like, oh, I remember this guy. He had two properties in 08 and I just looked it up and I was like, oh, dude, he sold him for like 10K more than what we were going to buy him for. I mean, that was like maybe six months ago that I talked to that dude. And I just now remembered that like, hey, I took him out of the CRM because I thought we were pretty much done. But now housing prices went up. So I was like, oh those might be deals now when six months ago they were not deals. Yeah. And then I just looked up the guy and they'd sold and I was like, oh, I went on those appointments. Those are ones that I went by myself. You didn't even make it to those, which is yeah. rare now. But uh, I ended up looking at those houses and now I just look back at it like, oh man, that really sucks. Yeah. Well, dude, I did that with all of ours. That's when I was like, okay, we need to get an acquisitions guy to follow up. Cause I did that with all of our old leads. I looked at all of our old leads from like a year ago, every single one of them, except for like one sold. Yeah. And they sold for a price that, like, there was still money to be made there. So I'm like, dude, like, Which there's money to be made for follow-up. Another reason to get RE Simply, we're just throwing things into this conversation, pitch, yeah. <laughs> pitch and stuff, R-E-S-I-M-P-L-I.com slash Tony and Dakota. That's the CRM that we use to keep track of all of our leads so we can follow up with them consistently. And we have Andrew uh, do a lot of the yeah. reaching out after the drip campaigns run out, text messages run out, or... We just need to touch them with a human. Then uh, Andrew takes those leads over. Yeah. 
Yep. I feel like too, uh, you know, going into this before I had like a li- my uncle taught me a little bit about wholesaling and gave me like some basics about real estate, but I don't feel like uh, during those courses and stuff, I really got into like the sales side. I never knew real estate was sales. I never knew any of that. I just thought, oh, you put a property under contract and you sell the contract and you make money. That's all I knew. I didn't see the nitty gritty really behind it until I came in here and I was like, okay, like, wow, this is, I just knew a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, basically it's funny too about the RE Simply and going through like before I even came on is like, we freaking have set like a lot of appointments and got ones under contract that have been like a year or two ago just from following back up. And that's probably one of like the hardest things to actually uh, do is following up. Nobody wants to do that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's what we do a lot and that's how we get a lot of deals. So that's definitely a thing in sales that was hard for me from the beginning is uh, like following up and like actually like having to stay persistent because if not you're going to lose that deal which loses you money yeah and uh and like you know you obviously want to optimize and try to make the most money you can in sales because if you're not selling you're putting properties under contract setting appointments then you're not making money and uh at all at all exactly (laughs) so yeah that was yeah but dude let's talk about the upside uh as well because you know we talk a lot about the downsides the hardships dude the nice thing about sales is like i started off as 100 percent commission as well um, so let's talk about the upside. What do you think the, the great thing is? What's your favorite part about sales? Yeah, so my favorite part is uh, definitely being able to, uh, you know, someone's in a bad spot and actually like being able to figure out their pain points, figure out their situation and like actually be able to solve it while still being salesy and like going through what we do for like to get the properties. So obviously my favorite part's when somebody says yes or when we're at an appointment and we're going pen to paper on the contract. That's obviously a great feeling, but definitely uh negotiating on the phone and like actually pulling those numbers while you're looking at like everything you're like dang like we're gonna get a good deal here and uh it's just crazy how we buy properties for 50 percent you know sometimes you're 75 percent of value minus repairs um so it's definitely like that's a good feeling is uh, putting them under contract and actually getting that commitment and uh like just knowing like hey i freaking have put all this work in, put the hours in i'm still growing my sales and uh, just to like actually get to the process now where it's pretty natural, setting the appointment, even locking them up on the phone, that's 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 an amazing feeling <laughs> for sure, is like actually locking it up over the phone, not even seeing it, mm-hmm. and uh, using your skills to actually develop and to do that. So those are my favorite parts. I just I just love it. Yeah. Andrew actually got a deal that was a walk-in. Um, if he answers the phone when we're not available or he uh, gets any floor traffic while we're not available, then he gets a percentage of the deal. And there was a potential customer that walked in. They were just like, hello? Because we, we weren't available for some reason. Dakota was gone. I was gone. And uh, Andrew went there and got it under contract that same day. Just talked to the lady, looked at the property, put it under contract. And I was like, we're going to make a lot of money at that price. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a good t- price. Tell that, <laughs> that story. was crazy. So I was in the old podcast room before we opened up the other side of the office. And uh, I was cold calling, just had my headphones on, stuff, couldn't hear anything. And uh, it paused for a second. I got off the phone. And I hear a lady like being like, hello, hello. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, who's here? And uh, I opened, I like slid the door open. And she's like right here in front of me, like looking down because she was short. I'm like, like, hey, like, how can I help? And uh, she basically is like, uh, I saw your guys sign out there. It says like, you guys buy houses cash or like whatever your sign is out there. I was like, yeah, like. Did you have one you were looking to sell? And she's like, yeah, I do. I've been trying to get with this other realty group and they just haven't answered me. And uh, I can't, I saw you guys looked you guys up. You guys seem to know what you're talking about. And uh, your page looks amazing, your reviews. She just basically uh, said everything that she needed to say. And uh, I was like, yeah, I can definitely get you an offer. Um, and then, you know, this before we had the office open. So I went into your office, sat down, ran out to my car, got contracts. So I was like, I'm, I'm gonna lock it up no matter what. And uh, was looking at like you know the tax websites and stuff like that. It's a two hundred some thousand dollar house, and I was looking at tax website. Had like one hundred fifty k, and I'm just going through building report with her, find out her situation, what was going on with the house, just even getting to know her better. And uh, I ran everything, and I was looking, and I took that number and times it by 0.5, and I was basically told her I just said it looks like other investors in there paying somewhere around. Uh, I think I said uh, 35 to 40K or 40 to 45K. And uh, she's like, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, honestly, that was my first time actually really saying a number in front of somebody and like being stern. And uh, 
basically after I said that, uh, she's just like, yeah. And uh, honestly, going through my head, I was thinking about, I was like, man, I'm kind of, I was a little bit nervous at first to lowball or shoot that low of a number because I wasn't sure what she was going to say back. And I'm in person. I'm not over the phone. So, you know, if I get confrontation, I get confrontation, overcome it. And it sounded good to her. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to put her contract for 40 just to be safe since we haven't seen it. And then all we are asking is just contingent on walking through it. And uh, yeah, remember just signing everything then and there. And I was pretty happy about that. That's really nice, especially when you guys are gone. It's like, hey, like when they're gone, I can still, you know, I'm getting to the point now where I can go to the appointments. I can lock stuff up. I pretty much have a good idea of what to do now. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a great feeling when you guys are gone to, you know, be still pushing forward and moving forward, getting deals. And I remember calling you after. And I was like super excited. I was like, yeah, I got this property. You told you everything about it. And you're like, dude, let's go. Like, <laughs> freaking awesome. And uh, where was I? Was I in Florida? Yeah, then? you guys were in Florida. And uh, I think t- Tony was obviously still. Tony had just left the office, actually. Yeah, That's just the funny left. Thing. Oh, really? Tony had just left the office and she came in like 15 minutes after that. I don't know if I would have shot her as low of a number. <laughs> yeah, so shot it. We went back and renegotiated, didn't <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, that's told funny. Dakota, Dakota got back and uh, went out there. Renegotiated, told her we'd want to be all in for forty. Got it for thirty k, and it's a two hundred some thousand dollar house. So that one's gonna be pretty nice. It does well, need a yeah, silly say we got amount it, of work. Yeah, it we're does need getting, a lot of work, but yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting the bid. It was a good deal, no matter what. It's a potential to make somewhere between uh, seventy and a hundred thousand dollars. But could um, be haunted. <laughs> yeah, there's some people yeah. that did die there, but uh, it needs a ton of work. Like, we're, I'm gonna guesstimate. I don't want. Hopefully, Ed's not watching this. Let's just. I'm not gonna throw out any numbers until Ed gives us our quote. <laughs> so Dakota talks about in sales because that was like an alley oop. Like she was, the the lady was one of the ten percenters who was gonna sell the property no matter what. Like they want to be done with it. They're extremely motivated and they're just like, I'm. This is it. I I need to sell. So almost anybody could close them. So it's a good thing that we had somebody here. Um, then there's the 80% that need to be convinced, and then the 10% who are never going to sell you their house. So for the people who are just getting started, uh, maybe the 10% is all you're going to end up with when you're first getting started. But, like, there's still 10%, guys. <laughs> and and focus, focus on the 80% of your skill level. Like, that's what you need to do is focus on, like, to where you – can close the 80%. Don't worry about the laydowns and don't worry about the people who are the worst. You need to worry about the 80% that's just normal people. Um, and yeah, I mean, that 10%, anybody would have closed that deal, but there's still like uh, like the amount of money that is being made there is not something yeah. that everybody could do. <laughs> not everybody would have gave that. If it was, no, I'm not gonna say any names. If it was somebody else, they would have offered uh, more money. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I might have. I might have said, you know, just based on what she was probably gonna say, I probably would have been at like somewhere between sixty to eighty. I was gonna yeah. say I would have probably started at fifty if it were me. I'd have been like ah, fifty to fifty-five, and then after we went and saw it, that's when I would have yeah. renegotiated. So yeah, yeah not. Nobody would have got it under contract for that low, even though she still wanted to sell it. Yeah, she was super motivated, but I feel like every day we're dealing with the 80%, and that's really where I've got to build my skill is talking to, like, those people and going through a lot of follow-up and not always getting that yes that day. But also, you know, I we're closing people on the phone that are the 80%, or we're right. going out there, sending the appointments, and I'm building the report, and I'm doing everything I can on those 80%. So I feel like that's where I've got to build my skill a lot, and then, you know, getting to get trained and from like the best car salesman in Fort Wayne. So yeah, it was like, I feel like definitely for that, uh, getting trained by you, I definitely got to feed off your energy and just putting a lot of work in outside of the office. But I don't know. I just, it just caught on to me and uh, I just took it and ran. So. So talk about pressure from other people being 18 years old. They're like, what are you going to do with your life? And you're like, Oh, I think I'm gonna like continue to be in ac- acquisitions for real estate. They're like, yeah, but like, are you gonna finish your education though? And you're like, um, I mean, do you do you have plans to go back to school? Like, what a what do pressures look like from your parents? Does everybody kind of view this as a temporary thing? What are your what do the pressures look like from other people? And then uh, what are your plans? Yeah, so um, all throughout like probably since eighth grade or my freshman year, once I got in high school, I always stressed because I looked up to my parents, my dad uh, a lot because he has a good job, makes a lot of money. Um, and I'm like, man, like I want to be like him or at least make the money like him. 
And I always stressed about not being either better than my dad or like, you know, on that same like level. And um, I always had that thought in the back of my mind of just not ever having enough money. And I always knew what I wanted, um, but I didn't know how I was going to acquire the job to do it because, you know, before when I was getting paychecks, I'm like, well, I just need to work this many more hours and this many more paychecks to finally hit this goal. So that was always in the back of my mind because I've always been money hungry and I've always wanted to eventually be able to do something with my money where I can not have to work. So um, never really wanted to go to college. It's never been anything on the back of my mind all throughout high school. I've just always like tried to figure out, well, what's the best paying job I can get where I don't got to go to college and I can still try to have the life that I want. And uh, my parents, uh, they never really have said anything about me going to college just because they've always sort of known that uh, I haven't wanted to. Um, but again, I never knew what that looked like. Um, so definitely from my grandparents and stuff, you know, everybody thinks college is what you should do after you're done. And if you don't go to college, then you're, no, you're a nobody. You're never going to make it. Um, so, yeah, definitely that's something that was really hard for me in the beginning. And all throughout high school, I always had them in the back of my mind. And I was like, man, like, what am I actually going to do? Because I don't want to go to college. And uh, I've always been the type in school, as long as I was getting A's and B's and maybe occasionally a C, that sounds pretty bad, but I was happy because it's passing. And I never have studied in my life for school. Like, I, I just never have liked school. It's just, I think it's a waste of my time. And especially now, just like, man, like, I'm ready to be done. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a struggle. And uh, I just never wanted to go to college and uh, just been working. So that's something, too. And then, you know, when you're in school, the teachers and everything tell you, like, yeah, like college, they just, I feel like they just always are, like, pursuing that on kids and uh it makes you feel dumb when you're in school and don't know what you really want to do and kids are like yeah i'm going to this college or i'm going here and i'm going here and the teacher's like oh that's so great like um or like stuff like that and it's always made me feel down just i'm like i'm not going to college and like i know like i'm one of like the popular kids i know i'm known around here but i'm not going to go to college and the kids that maybe aren't as known or are going to college the teachers think highly of them more than me in my opinion so that was definitely a struggle and uh you know just listening to other people tell me oh you should go you should go you should go and just never really wanted to i think that uh robert kiyosaki outlines that really well this is an unpopular opinion uh, especially if i have teachers listening but he talks about fake teachers and how the people who don't actually do it are the ones who are teaching it so like if you're if you're uh teaching accounting but you're not an accountant or you're teaching finance but you're not a finance person or you're teaching business but you've never started a business then you're a fake teacher according to robert kiyosaki and <laughs> what do you believe tony <laughs> yeah i think i mean i i personally i have the teacher archetype in me so i feel like i would be one of those fake teachers because i can like go on and on i can listen to podcasts and watch videos and that sort of thing give somebody enough of an idea or inspiration to be able to actually (laughs) yeah yeah i can make some stuff up for everything that i don't actually know it'll sound good too i feel like i'm a pretty good fake teacher but (laughs) but yeah i mean teacher their teachers are important there's a reason why they're there it's just that i feel like they discourage uh people who don't fall in line yeah and people who don't uh believe in uh, authoritarianism. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. Actually, people who don't fall in line because it's interesting. If you fight the the way that society tells you that it's supposed to happen, literally, they're like, "No, just do what you're told. You're supposed to listen to me because I'm the teacher, and you yeah. do you do these certain things." And uh, usually, like I've found that the best entrepreneurs like just don't listen to that. Like, and yeah. then you know they think that. Those are like the, you know, they can't differentiate between like the kids that are like getting in trouble and uh, the people that are actually like going to do something good with their life because they don't yeah. give a crap about what other people think. They're going to go do what they want to do and what is actually going to like what they feel is actually going to impact their life or other people's lives more than what the society tells. So yeah. it's funny that teachers, I feel like, can't tell the difference about that a lot. And, and teachers tend to be diplomats and they tend to follow the controller archetype like they they tend to have similar personalities and they end up kind of being 
uh, exactly what it is that the school system wants them to believe, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, some of the, my favorite teachers were not necessarily like that, but they end up being ideologues. They end up falling into the same uh, thought process as a lot of the people around them, which is true of any environment. Um, it's just a lot cooler to be a maverick, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> to maybe push against all of the uh, control and um, friggin' uh, what's that? What's that other thing I said earlier? <laughs> the, it's it's just a, yeah, yeah, authoritarian. Yeah, I I have some teachers too that are really cool and like I've talked to them about stuff and I I don't I don't think every teacher is like that. Um, but I've had some that I have really good relationships with that aren't so pushy on like, you know, go to college, go get your degree. That's the only way you're going to be successful. Uh, so I, I just don't like uh, like listening to teachers or like them telling me what to do or like stuff like that. Just because especially now, I just like sit in class in that class every day. I'm just like, dude, what am I like? Like, I don't care what the teacher says. And it sounds bad. I just I just don't care. And like when I get schoolwork, I'm like why does this matter? Like I'm already doing so well right now in high school where it's just like, you know, I don't really care necessarily about what I'm doing or if I get a certain grade. I mean, I care about my grades, but you know, I just don't like being told what to do. And especially when they're trying to like teach me something, which there are certain things in school that are good to be taught, but I have English class and I, I like my English teacher, but just certain things like reading certain like stories or poetry and stuff like that. I'm like, what am I doing? And yeah. I'm just like thinking while I'm in there for that much time or I'm like, what could I be doing up here? Even though I get here at a good time now, I'm just like, man, like hi, this is just I like have found skills and I'm developing skills and I'm getting better at skills that are going to make me a lot of money in the long run and help me get my life where I want instead of, you know, yeah, now. but it's just a thing I have to accept and finish out. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple months left. Yep. Dude, you remind me of uh, when I was in car sales. Uh, it's basically like your teachers right now is my managers. I'm like, dude, I'm this guy's my manager. What am yeah. I doing listening to this guy? Yeah. I was like, how is this guy telling me what to do? And he's telling me to go pick up rocks yeah. and throw them in the landscaping right now. I'm like, I work on commission, bro. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, no. So like, dude, like, yeah, it's hard whenever the people that are above you are not actually where you want to be at yep. because then it's hard to follow them because it's like, why am I following you? Why am I listening to you if you're not even close to living or even know how to live the lifestyle that I want? Yep. So, I mean, that's that's my biggest thing is like your teachers don't know how to don't they don't they don't even know how to get what you've got right yeah, now. I know. They don't even know how to do that. And that's the hardest thing for me to actually like be in school and think about because I think about all that stuff. I'm like, dude, like. I have this, no teacher in here has these skills. Like no one knows what I know. No one knows the people in here that, you know, I know mm -hmm. and the things that's possible. And it just sucks when they have the authority over you and uh, cause they're the teacher and they're the boss. And it's just like, man, I'm freaking, I'm 18 years old in high school and I can probably, you know, do something right now cause of the skills that I've developed to make a lot of money and wealth and have freedom. So it's just like, I look at that and I look at the money I'm making now and here and I'm just like, dude, I'm in high school. Like, why am I listening to anybody in here right now? And it's not about the money, but you know, it's just another thing that I think about in the back of my mind. It's like, man, I'm already going above teacher salaries and you know, for a couple of years, almost on pace for that. Yep. So it's just like, man, I just don't like listening to him. See, that's the exact thing that I'm talking about though, is when you're in sales, that exact same thing that you just said, like you feel that yeah. and you have to like you embrace that you have to you have to have that confidence where dude I know what I'm talking about I know what I'm good at and then you have to like also be able to balance that with I have to continue to learning I have to keep growing it's very hard to 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 like yeah. go right in between both like dude I am great I have developed skills like I've like actually I know what I'm doing but at the same time, like always continue to stay learning and yep. be like teachable. Because yep. once you think you're too, like once you think you've made it, then like you're no longer a good salesperson yep. anymore either. Because now you just like, eh, screw you. I don't need you. Yeah. And like, I don't need what you have. And like, you just treat people like garbage. So yeah. balancing those is always like the dance that I feel yep. like uh, salespeople are going to go through. Yeah, so and that's something I've felt, obviously, you know, you never stop learning in sales. I feel like obviously it's the truth and uh, you never actually, yeah, you can't ever think that you are good. You can know you're good, but you always have to like, you know, do what serves others. And uh, you always have to continue growing your skills because you're never going to be complacent. You're going to get to a spot, I feel like, where it's like, okay, I got the hang of it. You know, I, mm -hmm. can, I know where how to get us to this point, but 
you know, there's always the objections you have to overcome. There's always something that's going to go different than every other phone call. So it's just always getting better and like critiquing what you could have done on the last call or just, you're always just getting better in sales. Yep. So uh, what are your life goals, Andrew? What, what do you want to accomplish now? Do you have like a number of, I feel like real estate people always talk about a number of units, but uh, are there other things that you want to do too? Like relationships, money, um, things that you want in your life, the people that you want to surround yourself with? What are your goals? Yeah, so uh, my goals definitely are, uh, obviously, we'll go money first. So I am obviously want to make $100,000, six figures, my first year sales, which right now we're on pace to do that. So I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, you know, it could happen in a couple of months, who knows, but um, hopefully. But uh, yeah, definitely just, uh, I want to really provide for my family, my mom, and my mom's worked super hard uh, to help me and my sister uh, have the things we have. And so is my dad. So I definitely want to do more than that and like give back obviously, and, you know, help out and do what I can. Um, you know, I want to acquire as many rental properties as I can this year. That's definitely one of my goals is take my money and dumping into that. So I definitely want to try to build up the units as quick as I can. Um, just so hopefully it pays off later. Um, so that's probably my biggest things. And then, you know, right now we're doing just traveling for work and just traveling in general, like, going around the world because I, I want to travel the world and I want to have the ba- availability and flexibility to do that. That's something that is extremely like I'm thankful for here is like I can never go back to working factory or anything <laughs> like that. And like the like, you know, you, you work a year to have two vacation days right? or three vacation days. It's like that's not the life I want to live. And honestly, the more I thought about it now being here, it's just like what the heck like this is really like and you don't see it until you're in it or hear about it like obviously when i'm looking at the factory job it's like oh money but when you're in there then you're trapped because you know you only get a certain amount of days to do certain things and you're on this time crunch and schedule and i just don't like that and uh so yeah i definitely am like super thankful at this age to uh be able to do and like travel and do what we do for work and still make money and still help others out in the world um so that's definitely like you know one of the things i think about um, man, there's so much. He wants a 370Z now. <laughs> we said yeah. so. If we make enough money this year, I want to definitely uh, buy a 370Z, just a little race cars. All of us have a little bit of fun. Got to have a little bit of fun. But, yeah, that's one of my goals. But I really want to attain assets first before I even touch that. Um, just because when I then touch it, it'll be a lot more fun and a lot more stressful. Because when you're on commission, you just can't go spend all the commission checks because then you got to work hard again for it and uh you know sometimes you know it might be a couple of days or a couple of weeks to get another deal so you definitely have to be smart with the money and i definitely since the money i'm making right now i definitely want to be smart with it dump it into the properties dump it into stuff that's going to create me long-term wealth so then you know the short-term activities like you know buying a new car going on a vacation doing something fun with the money um then won't be as stressful and i can actually enjoy it so there's just a lot i have um you know hopefully going to Arizona with you and traveling and working over there and doing stuff like that. Basically getting out of my hometown. I definitely don't like being in a small town. I don't like, I like Fort Wayne a lot just cause I don't really know many people. And like, I don't see all the kids I go to school with that aren't doing anything. Cause when I go back to town, I just, everybody from my school that's graduated, they're all in factories or all saying they're doing something that they're not. And that's probably been, that's a really hard thing for me to even think about is it's kind of hard to like know that I've, put in the work and I'm to where I'm at now. But I feel like sometimes, like we were saying earlier, I don't get the recognition exactly for and people just hate. But yeah, definitely want to travel a lot and, uh, you know, still work. So what what actually motivates you to work then? Is it like actually hitting your goals or what what is motivating you? Hitting my goals and then uh, definitely like helping you guys scale this because I know it's obviously this is life. And uh, this is honestly my life too, is being able to help you guys. And obviously, you know, I'm a big part of this, just helping you guys get to where you wanna be. And if I'm not putting in the work, if I'm not freaking going quick, if I'm not doing what I should actually be doing to get you guys to where you wanna be quicker, as long as all of us growing, then yeah, what like what am I doing? Then I'm not setting myself up for anything. Cause once we start doing that, then that reaps benefits for, that can help my future and I can start growing my stuff. and whatever so definitely that's that's probably one of the biggest motivators is like getting us where we need to be as quick as we can because when we do that then we can start having fun with other things and going into new things so this and then obviously you know being able to provide and have like myself be like secure by myself where i can go here i can do this i don't have to rely on anybody to give me money 
So that's definitely a big motivator. Just really, actually, I enjoy actually like helping people now. And like when you help somebody out in their situation, and like you're making money, they're happy, they got money, and you're getting a freaking house and turning it into something new. I that motivates me a lot. But you know, just sales in general, I've became to love it. And I just want to get better at it and see where I can, like, you know, develop and grow and how good I can be. Um, so I never thought I would be a salesman. I never even pictured it or I didn't even think I was capable of it. And, man, I proved myself wrong, I guess. Wow. So uh, I didn't hear Andrew say anything about relationships. Yeah, relationships. He just he, he, showed us, <laughs> he showed us some, uh, or some screenshots of his uh, ex being kind of brutal like i forgot how mean high schoolers are it's like ridiculous it's like yeah. stupid it was stupid but um are you just like future now and you're just like chase a check never chase a or like <laughs> what do you no. what, what uh, are you trying to accomplish relationship wise um for family or andrew is andrew's single too if there's, any, <laughs> if there's any ladies out there uh for like you know like like, do you want to have? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to have yeah, a wife, or sure. do you like? Do you want to be single for a while? You just want to date yeah. a bunch of women. You want to have five, <laughs> five wives. Like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, definitely long term, I obviously want to have a girlfriend and like a wife that's gonna like you know that I think suits me and uh, makes me happy. Definitely want to have kids in the future, but I think right now it's honestly hard, kind of hard to say, just because you know. I've always going through high school. I've never really been in many or like a committed committed relationships. I've had a couple girlfriends. Um, I've, I just don't know. I've always been the type of person that I like just having myself and I can do what I want and I can have my own time schedule and like I can do a lot of stuff. And especially uh, like the previous girlfriend I had, um, like being up here, I feel like that was definitely like it was always on the back of my mind. Just like man, like I need to be up here, and I felt like I was wasting time sometimes. Like doing other things because like, you know, I'm commissioned, so I wanna make money and I wanna just, this is like my life. So obviously I need to replenish that into relationships and obviously fix that. Um, but yeah. Or, or wait, or find somebody that's okay with or that. Or find somebody that's okay with it, exactly. And I felt like there was just a lot that was, you know, not the same and a lot of things that, you know, she didn't like or whatever. And, you know, if they can't respect my job and like obviously what is going on, then sorry, you're not the right one. Mm -hmm. um, because that's obviously a big, you know, thing in my life and it's same for you guys. So So what 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 would you look for? Like if you had to, you know, say that you're looking for the perfect woman, let's say she's watching right now, like yeah. what would you say would be like attributes? Like what what is some things that you actually want out of a relationship? Yeah, definitely just that like respect and like, you know, being there for me like actually supporting me because the more support i have and like you know she's okay and understands like hey i know some nights you're gonna freaking be there for a long time i know some nights we might not even see each other um then like that definitely uh would like help me out a lot like i want that and uh, somebody that's like actually like intrigued with it or like actually like wants to like ride, ride the journey along with me because like hey like, if i'm gonna do this you're gonna be there there with me and like i want that person to know that like you know, you can take, you could like have a nice life and like we could, who knows where it's gonna go, but it's going great right now. Who knows where it's gonna go? Do you wanna be on that ride? And like, you know. So loyalty? Loyalty, yeah, for sure. Loyalty, just commitment. And then, uh, I don't know, trust for sure. Trust is honestly a big thing for me. Uh, but being young, I feel like, you know, a lot of other girls are just really immature. So it's hard for me to actually know when I'm like, I feel like I'm a lot more grown up here. So like high school girls and stuff, it's kind of hard for like me to accept that or like try to figure out because I feel like you know they just want to go out and do all kinds of stuff and like I don't really necessarily want to do that I don't want to be on that like high school relationship that even though I am I want something like that's going to be real long term right so what, what's your age limit here is what's your max age limit <laughs> <laughs> oh or, or just contrast this contrast <laughs> this with Andrew's grades you know his grades not that big of a deal he's looking for like eight nines and tens when it comes <laughs> oh goodness I mean yeah I honestly don't have a limit it's whatever but I honestly like 40 yeah, no not 40 you know <laughs> like so you got a limit like, <laughs> like, they're like, they're like uh, I don't know I, I'll, I'll take anything just give me a price okay I'll give you 10,000 well not that uh, I mean, I mean, twenty five. I feel like that's a good number. Um, twenty five. Anything there. I like older girls just because, like, you know, they're, they're more a mature. lot more mature, and then like they can understand certain things that younger girls don't because they've been through it. 
because I feel like a lot of younger girls they're just they just want the drama and all kinds of stuff and I don't like that. Right. And uh, I feel like you know you don't know what you're actually talking about. You don't actually know who's right or wrong. You don't even know why you're arguing. So yeah. Is there so you want somebody that actually like thinks for themselves yeah. too, not just like listens to right. other people. Yeah, somebody that actually has like their own morals and goals and like expectations in life because if you don't, then like we're two different people because I do. Mm-hmm. So like somebody that has expectations, somebody that is not just gonna like agree with somebody just to like make them happy. Like they make their own choices and stuff, but you know. So not no codependence either. All right, we just laid out the roadmap for you, ladies. <laughs> if you're that person, hit Andrew up. <laughs> and if you're if you age out of his, then you can. <laughs> Tony's looking for the same thing. Or still shoot the shot. You know, it doesn't matter. Tony, Tony's looking for the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Andrew's like, no, just don't come my way. Yeah, actually. No, yeah, I'll, I'll flush him to Tony. And, uh, yeah, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> You, Andrew can be your boyfriend. I'll be your man <laughs> So uh, what are you struggling with right now? Or what's something that you say that you're struggling with? Yeah, this is going to be crazy to say. Um, sometimes I struggle with uh, not doing enough. So, like, you know, I'll get a lot of deals and uh, say one day I don't get one. And I'm like, oh, crap, like I need another deal. And, like, I don't know why I stress about it, but it's just because I expect so much more for myself. And uh, like, I want so much more and I want so much more for everybody. So like, you know, obviously not every day you're gonna get a deal and stuff, but sometimes my, it's not a fear cause I know I can do it. And it's just like, sometimes I'll just get in my head about it too much, but um, not getting a deal or like going a couple days without one. Cause sometimes that does happen. Um, and then obviously being on commission, like at first, that was a big thing I stressed about. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm making no money. I'm going from Albion to Fort Wayne. I'm using all this gas. And it's just like, you know, that's, Sometimes I still fear about that, and even getting into it a little bit, making a little bit of money starting to, then I still had fear just because I'm like, man, and it's just gas, but I'm like, man, I got to, you know, get gas, and I don't have this money, and I'm not getting a check every week, so. Well, dude, most 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 people, that would have stopped them from even doing yeah, it. They would have just thought about it too much, dude, yeah. and then, like, you know, you other people start bringing that stuff up, yep. and you don't even think about it. Yeah, and I like, now I don't even think about it because I know I have the capability to, you know, do it, but sometimes there is that fear it's like dang like you know i have the goals to hit and i want to hit them quick so it's like okay i need the next deal i need the next deal so definitely a fear sometimes is not getting deals even though i know i can it's Mm -hmm. just something in the back of your head as a sales guy i feel like in this especially where it's just like you know when you're getting deals you're happy so sometimes i'll you know have that thing i'm struggling with of like man am i doing something wrong and am i saying something wrong and so that's when i'll go to dakota and ask and you know just fix anything that i do need to do different or you know sometimes it is all good and you know people just don't want to sell right now i'm not hitting the right people so that's probably one of the fears or like struggles i have and then you know fears just probably not being good enough um for like relationships and stuff like that but other than that you know i don't really fear too much about anything i just like I just know that I need to be smart with everything I do. And like, you know, I have expect, I know you guys have expectations for me. And like, I never, I always like look up to you guys where I'm just like, you know, I need to do all of this stuff. And like, you know, you guys help me a lot with getting over my fears or struggles or anything I've dealt with clearly. So yeah, that's probably like a couple things. Yeah, I would say, uh, I remember when I first got into sales too, I was the same way, dude. I just went, I jumped in had no fear i was like i don't even i didn't even think i fully comprehended like what commission meant or what that i was like whatever i'm gonna do it i know i'm gonna be good i know i'll figure it out and then it was the same thing i was just like whatever i'll figure it out and uh yeah something that i told you before too is just like yeah eventually like you know my first i think two or three years that was like dude i always had to do it and then uh like after a while i started to know that like dude like i think it takes like four years until you realize that dude this is a skill yeah like you've actually developed a skill and that was something i was literally thinking about today is that like nobody can take that skill from you no matter what like you can do this no matter what happens in life if the market crashes you got a skill like you can always do sales i actually heard mark cuban say that he said that in an interview he's like well like you know what if you lost absolutely everything what would you do he's like I'd go sell like sales is like no matter what if you're up down like doesn't matter what kind of market you're in sales is great and you you don't just lose it so it's it's pretty cool mark cuban said a lot of stuff that actually makes sense (laughs) (laughs) i was just listening to him talk about like five years ago he was like well you could take like most of your money you know as a as a middle income individual if your income's going to stay the same go to costco buy all your stuff cheap 
And then he's like, after that, I put like, you know, whatever percentage in whatever fund. But then he said uh, to put 10% of his money in something that's more volatile and more kind of like just of a gamble. And he said to put it in Bitcoin like five years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mark Cuban's a genius. <laughs> he got so rich from that. Um, and uh, that's what I was thinking yeah. of when you started talking about Mark Cuban. I was like, dang, dude. Yeah, he says a lot of good stuff. But yeah, that's something that like yeah, I always have to remind myself is that like, dude, like this is a skill yeah. and you can repeat it now. Like you, this is repeatable. And, Cause like, you know, that's, that's the hard part about when you first start. And that's why I had a lot of doubt whenever I started, I did really well. Then I didn't sell for a couple yeah. weeks and I was freaking out. I was like, dude, maybe, maybe I got lucky and maybe it wasn't, but like, no, it's actually, it actually is skill. And you have to remind yourself of that. They're like, no, I developed some things. I know how to talk to people. Like, yes, we've given you all the tools to be able to do it. And like, you do have to have like the, the correct information yeah. to talk to them. You have to have like a lot of the systems that we set up, you know, to be able to text and stuff, yeah. but you still have skills that like, you know, you're not going to lose. Yeah. And I mean, too, before when, you know, we've hired or tried some other people, I mean, they had everything I had. Yeah, so exactly. They had the same exact tools. They had everything I had. So and then, yeah, that was another thing too. you speaking on that um, before. Like I've had a couple of weeks where I haven't, you know, got anything and it's stressful. But then I'm just like, man, I'm still in high school, but I don't feel like I'm in high school anymore. Like I actually feel like I'm like, I know I'm still young and I don't even think about that stuff, though. I feel like I'm like on the freaking deathbed close and I got to like mm -hmm. push. So, yeah. And then another thing, too, that was definitely like. Uh, struggle and like fear at first definitely when I started was like that's the thing I was like man maybe it is just luck like when mm -hmm. I started at first I was like man maybe I'm not like a sales guy or have any skills it's just luck and like I'm getting lucky right now with these people like I literally th thought that before sometimes and like too definitely one of my fears was like I always would think at first like so I'm like why like why me like that's what at first when I got there, I'm like there's so many other people that have contacted you guys there's so many other people that have like done the same things I've done so that was definitely the hardest thing I'm like why me and it like would make me like depressed or sad and like I always was like wondering that stuff and then like it's hard and then especially when I'm coming in here still new I'm like well maybe maybe this is just luck like maybe I'm not actually a sales guy or like know anything about it I'm just getting lucky mm -hmm. so that was definitely one of the things is like why why me that was really one of the like the biggest things in the back of my head because you know I'm like I look up to you guys you guys are my role models I'm like dang these guys are like and like I just looked up to you guys so much and clearly so that was one of my biggest things. I'm like man like that's just crazy how it all happened and I'm sure people from like where I'm at are like oh it's that's something they're like oh it's set up or like that's why I wonder like people are like oh it's set up Andrew had Joel or Andrew had this because that's what people would say to me before is like Andrew has Joel Andrew has this it's just like you could have had the same things like the same people that were reaching out to him and like trying to do the same thing that I'm doing now we're doing the same things I did Mm -hmm. but I was the one going out there. I was the one showing up. I was the one committed to it. So yeah. I don't like when people are like, well, Andrew had Joel to get him here. Andrew had this to get him there. Andrew had blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that's not the case. Um, and I don't think anybody outside of that knows that necessarily. Right. So yeah, that's, that's one of my, those are my fears. Well, not just that, but a reminder that like, dude, nobody, nobody is self-made. Yeah. You've always used somebody else, whether it's a bank, another person, whether it's the client, you can't, if you're, if you're sitting in a room by yourself, you can't do anything. You need other people. And, uh, I was thinking about this today too, actually, I was thinking about like, you know, I was thinking about if I had the company like started all by myself, I'm like, dude, we would not even be close to where we're at now. Like not even close. Um, so I just think you can go a lot further with other people and use the resources that are given to you. doesn't matter what other people say, dude, yeah. you had a resource and yeah. you used it. Same thing as when we use a private money lender. Some people are like, oh, you're not using all your own money. Oh man, dirt, 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 dirt. Like, <laughs> dude, we actually had a guy that says like, oh, you got to borrow the money. Oh man. Yeah. Like, is that like, that's yeah, a big deal. Yeah. It's like, dude, who cares? Use the resources you've been given. Cause I promise there's a lot more resources out there. And I remember, uh, it was either Drew or Silas just talked about, it's, don't blame your resources, blame your resourcefulness. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. Like, dude, everybody's got resources and it, there's no shame to use them, whether you came from money or whether you were super broke. There's resources yeah. that you can use and uh, yeah, it's up to you. Yep. So uh, final question, 70 years from now, 
You're dying. 70. <laughs> yeah, I have to keep it making adjustments. Well, let's, let's do 100 for him. Because oh, we're you, probably going to get some gonna, new technology. You're going to have like a bionic heart. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, they're talking about this. Uh, I don't know if you saw that podcast where they're like spraying on cells uh, to mm -hmm. people and it's regenerating their cells. So like they got burned. And instead of doing like pulling from somewhere, they just spray their own skin cells, regenerates it. And it looks like it never happened. Wow. Yeah. So he's going to live to 118. <laughs> All right. So 100 years from now. Uh, Andrew's on his deathbed and uh, he's got one last message to the world his legacy could be like a billboard saying it could be uh, some words of encouragement a paragraph a sentence um, something that sums up a legacy that you would want to leave or a lesson that you would want to teach what is that yeah so I feel like definitely if I was on that last thing I definitely want people to remember me as like you know I'm young, I'm endless. I just want to be remembered as like, man, that kid was like that young and he was like doing what he was doing and he was around all these like amazing people and they were doing great things for the world. So that's definitely, I want to be remembered as like that young hustler that got into real estate that like did really good and helped other people in their life. So that's definitely a thing. And then, you know, just like you're capable of anything that you want. And as long as you put in the work and sacrifice and, you know, stay persistent, do everything you can do then you're going to get it. And, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't want to be sitting on my deathbed saying, man, what if I didn't take that call? What if I didn't do anything? So definitely just, like, go after whatever you want and, like, whatever actually makes you happy because I found out the factory wasn't making me happy. I found out none of these other things were making me happy, and now I really feel happy with what I'm doing and where I'm at. So, yeah, I just feel like that you're the only one stopping yourself. You don't want to go get it. So, yeah. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, never mind. I was going to say something else. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for watching. Um, if you guys like this, then please hit the like, share button, and show other people the course is done. All we have to do now is open an LLC and figure out how we're going to take payments and everything. But we're all the way complete, so hopefully we'll have that out. By the time you guys see this video is really the goal. If not, it will be within the next couple of days. Promise that. So uh, thanks again for coming on, Andrew. Thanks so much, guys. Peace.